listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! How awesome! Great to see every one of you today. We are just excited to get into the Word today. I love Christmas. Come on, I said I love Christmas. I think I say Christmas brings out the kid in me. My wife says the kid has never gone. And, um, but I absolutely love Christmas. I love all the decorations. I, I love the lights. The, the only lights I don't like about Christmas I shared at the 9 o'clock service is the Christmas tree lights. Come on, they are a pain to put on. Anyone, you know what I'm talking about? The tree looks great and, and you think, well, I'm just going to buy a pre-lit tree. We did that. We bought a pre-lit tree. It was great the first year and the second year, half of it didn't want to pre-light. Hello? It's about 10, 12 foot high tree and guess the section that didn't want to light. Wasn't the bottom where we could reach, it was the very top part. And how is it when the ladder, you know the trees are so wide, your ladder and you're trying to, come on anyone with me on that. It's a struggle for the Christmas trees but I love Christmas, I love the cards, the decorations. My favourite thing about Christmas is giving gifts instead of receiving. I love to see the smile on their faces and hopefully I can hit a home run this year and Kelly goes, wow you did it again and all these kind of things but I love Christmas and thanks to Kelly and 96.1 we've enjoyed Christmas since the summer anyone know what we're talking about seems like they've been playing Christmas carols for months you know we've just got Labor Day out of the way now it must be Christmas and um, every time I go in Kelly's van she's I said babe come on it's a long time she goes I love it and leave it it's my van and um, so we've been listening to Christmas and we've been rocking out and and and, and Luke is, is anyone Luke's suddenly figured out some Christmas songs this year why mama was kissing Santa Claus. He's figured that one out, that who Santa Claus and just these different things. But you know, I love Christmas. Christmas has something special. Who would say that? Come on. It's just something special, isn't there, about Christmas? Just even with all the hustle and the bustle and the busyness, there's just a joy. There's just a peace. There's just something about it that is absolutely incredible. And that's why I want to talk this year about a classic Christmas. We're going to talk about a classic Christmas. There's so many things of Christmas that we could talk about and great things. But what about the birth of Jesus Christ? What about the Christmas story? And that's what we want to talk about, breaking down week by week, looking at different parts of the story and looking at the classic Christmas. Look what it says in Luke 2 verse 11. Luke 2 verse 11 says, For there is born to you this day. 
I love those words there, this day, because it doesn't just mean that day, it means this day. Come on, Jesus was born that day when the angels went to the shepherds. Jesus was born, the angels proclaimed that today a saviour has been born, but that saviour is still for your day today. Come on right now, because he was born then, he still is for your life right now. For you born to you this day in the city of David is a saviour who is Christ the Lord. If there was no Christ, there would be no Christmas. If there was no Christ, come on, with no Christ, we would never have a Christmas. And I get tired of seeing people say what? Happy holidays. I get tired of seeing people say season's greetings. I get tired of the signs that says Xmas. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's Merry Christmas. And that's what we need to tell people because, oh, it's just happy holidays. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, there is because the reason they are doing that is because they want to put the Christ out of the Christmas. It's offensive. What about these people? What about that people? Well, let them do what they want to do, but let them leave us to do what we want to do. Come on, it's still Merry Christmas. And I encourage you, wherever you're at, to say that to people. Merry Christmas to you. It's because of Christ that we're alive and we have this joy in our lives. So throughout this series, we're going to look at the classic Christmas story. We're going to break it down, discovering its application for our lives today, because I believe there's great application. God's Word is not just a history book. It's not just a has-been. Come on. It's not just something that was past tense, which history is. This is still His story. Notice that? His story. What does that mean? History that is still being written. How? In our lives, in your life. So as we look at the Christmas story, it's not just a has been, it's a present tense ongoing as we live and continue to live the joy of the season, the joy of the Savior coming and and engage in that and see God bless us and use us in every aspect of our lives. So today we're going to read the story. We're going to read quite a few scriptures today. We're going to read some from Luke, which is really the story taken from Mary's viewpoint. And then we're also going to look at Matthew, which is taken from Joseph's vantage point. So we're going to read today about the birth of Jesus, or really the announcement of the birth of Jesus. Next week we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus. So turn with me if you have your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Beginning in verse 26, it's on the screen for those of you who want to follow. So you've got no excuse So read along with us. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed, in other words, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to Mary, rejoice Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you or blessed are you amongst women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, I always have to laugh at this verse. Do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. It's like the angel said something that Mary's thinking easier said than done. An angel's just appeared and the angel says, don't be afraid. Easier said than done. Anyone with me with that? I'd be freaking out right now. Come on now, read on. And behold, you will conceive 
verse 31, in your womb and bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus, the one who will save, the Lord who saves. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Remember, she's a virgin. She has never been with a man. How can I know this? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Let me read that one more time. I love that verse. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Come on, two people heard me, so I better read that again. Verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Help me out today. Can you read that verse with me today? Can we read that together today? Come on. For with God, nothing will be impossible. What about this? God says nothing. Nothing is impossible. Come on, Kayla talked about it. Where fear comes, hope is greater. Come on. When cancer says fear, hope says healing. Come on. When a marriage looks like it's failing and fear says it's over, hope says there's reconciliation and there's blessing and there's healing. Come on. When addiction says, I've got you, you're not going to be free and it binds us for fear. Come on. Hope says nothing is impossible with man. I wish I had a witness in the house. I'm, I'm just going to preach to myself right now. I'm just may turn around and just get into it myself because if you're not going to get into it with me today, come on, it's exciting. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold the maiden and I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Flip over to Matthew chapter 1 and we're going to begin in verse 18 and it says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, that she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a, a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying, can you believe Isaiah wrote these words that we're now going to read some five to seven hundred years before the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Don't tell me that God doesn't know what he's doing. Come on, we can look at our lives and say, what about this? God already knows knows what's going to happen. He already knows the outcome. He already knows what he can do and what he can be in your life. Come on, God's already set it up because years and centuries before the prophet Isaiah said, behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took Mary to be his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son 
and they called his name Jesus. What an incredible story. That's the Christmas message part one. But what an incredible, incredible story. And I want to work through this first part today, looking at the application it has for our lives. How can we see ourselves? How can we see what God would say even to us today through what he said to Mary? Let's look at verse 28, Luke 1 verse 28. And it says, and having come in. Your mind might not be like mine. My, my mind never stops. Anyone like that? My mind goes all the time thinking about this and that and just go and go and go and go. I read stuff like this and I think, how did he come in? I mean, did he come through the roof? Did he come out at the floor? Did he come through the wall? Did he knock and come in the door? Did he come through the window? I don't know, but the angel showed up and he came in. Come on. And the angel said to her, and I'm picturing this happening. He's saying to Mary, who's laying flat on her back in the middle of her living room. Come on, because I would do that. Wouldn't you if you were just doing your normal job and an angel comes in before you and says, Hey, what's up? Oh, boom. Let me tell you in about 10 minutes when I've come back round. You know, you are what? He said to her, you are a highly favored one. Don't you love that? And then he says, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst all women. What an introduction. What an introduction. She's just doing what she's doing and the angel comes in and says, Hey, you highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you. What was God saying to her? What was his introduction telling her? Here's what it was. Here's our first point today. You're God's choice. God was telling her that she is his choice. She is the choice of God. You've got to picture this. She's just going about her normal daily routine. Nothing out of the ordinary. Then suddenly Gabriel stands before her and her life would be never the same again. You see, we don't have no background really of Mary. The only things really we know of Mary is we just read today and that is this. She was or lived in a town called Nazareth. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph who was of the, what? The lineage of David. They don't, we don't know anything else about her. Mary is just a young, poor female. All the characteristics that people of her day would say made her or would make her unusable for God for any major task. Mary wasn't special. She wasn't a dignitary. She wasn't a royalty. People weren't going around and say, when I grow up, I want to be like Mary. She wasn't one of these people. Why? Because the Bible doesn't tell us she was that. And you've got to see this. I'm sure Mary was a good girl. I'm sure she lived right and, and did right. But it doesn't tell us that. It doesn't tell us that was the reason she was chosen. The Bible says that God was looking for a man in the beginning to build an ark. And he saw a righteous man and he chose Noah. It tells us in other times that God saw something righteous in someone and he chose them. It doesn't say that about Mary. All it says is God favored her. God's favor was upon her Life. She was highly favored. You know why she was highly favored? She was chosen by God's grace. God's grace. 
Did you hear that today? Mary was chosen for God's grace. I hope I can relay this to you, how the Holy Spirit showed this to me. Mary wasn't chosen because of the good things she did. It wasn't the fact that she was truthful all the time. It wasn't that she was a hard worker. It wasn't that she was obedient to our parents, that she was a model resident, that everyone loved her. As important as all of that is, and it is important, that wasn't the reason why she was chosen. She was chosen because of God's grace. And you should shout about that today. I want to tell you something today. Why? Because that's really important. Because if we're chosen because of our merits, if we're chosen because of how good we are, if we're chosen about how blessed we are and how we've got it all together, not one of us would ever be chosen. Come on, God says, I've chosen what the foolish things of this world. I hate to tell it to you, but you didn't have it all together. You were lost. You were going the wrong way. You were bound by addictions. You had struggles in your life. You needed the help of a savior, but yet God chose you in what state? An imperfect state. Why? Because God saw something in you. His grace said, I can use you. I can change you. I can make you what you need to be. I'm so glad about that. And I'm going to out and I'm going to get excited about that because that means God can choose me and God can choose you. I'm glad it didn't say that Mary was chosen because she was the best person on the face of this earth. Because then I would read something like that and say, well, good on Mary. But I can read this and say, if the favor of God can be upon her life, the favor of God can be upon my life, and the favor of God can be upon your life. Because all God needs is a yielded, willing vessel. Come on, that doesn't have it perfect, doesn't have it all together. I hate to tell you this, I don't have it all together. I'm not perfect. You can ask my wife and others around me. But guess what? The favor of God still wants to be upon us. and still wants to use us and change us. Can you remember what it was like at school? I know for some of you it was a long time ago. But can you remember what it was like at school and you had teams and you were going to pick and you picked the captains. You be the captain, I'll be the captain. Everyone else line up against the wall or line up in the line. Okay, you go first. I'll take him, him, you know, and you go down the line. And remember what it was like, and I hope none of you were the last ones left on the wall. If you were, we'll pray for you afterwards. Get over it. You're okay. Because you're the choice of God. You're favored of God, and you're chosen of God. But remember what it used to be. You had about three or four people that was left at the end, and here's how the image went. Remember how it was? Oh, you can have the rest. One guy would turn to the other and say, you can have the rest. And here's how he would say, no, you can have the rest. And they'd be fighting over those poor people. And I often have felt bad about that because I was often the one who was saying, you can just have those people and trying to get rid of those people. And I think now, how sad, but yet it's amazing, isn't it? We can go through life like that. That we can say, I wasn't the first choice. I wasn't the second. I, I feel many times like the one that's left on the wall that no one wants. But there's an angel that says you're favored of God. There's a message today that you've got to hear that you're favored of God. It doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. It doesn't matter what your parents may even have said about you. It doesn't matter what society may deem you as and has labeled you as. I want to tell you one right now. God says you're favored. You're chosen. God has a call upon your life. And I love that. I love that. I'd never seen this before because I always thought Mary was chosen because she was good. And I'm sure she was good, but it doesn't tell us that. It just says that God saw something inside of her. You see, his favor says, I can do with you 
and take you places that you never even thought possible. God wants to do things with you that you never thought you could possibly do. Look what it says. Oh, I don't have it on the screen, but John 15, 16 says these words. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. How beautiful. What an image of God that it wasn't that we throw our hands up in the air and say, ooh, me, 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 choose me. But we thought we could never be chosen because we thought the life that we lived and the things that we have done have discredited us from ever being used of God. And God points and says, no, you're the one I want. The favor of God, my favor wants to rest upon you. Every one of you today, I want you to hear this. You're God's choice. You're God's choice. He wants to choose you today, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Come on, not because of your goodness and your righteousness, because the Bible says your righteousness is like filthy, disgusting rags. It's nothing. The best you can give is never enough. It's not about your merits. It's about him and believing on him. God chose Mary, a little girl, for the most important act of obedience He has ever demanded from anyone. And after he chooses her, he says, you're chosen of God. He says, oh, oh, and BTW, you're going to have a baby. For those of you who don't text, that means, by the way, BTW, by the way, you're going to have a baby. I mean, we, we read stuff like this and we go, yeah, we know that. Can you imagine the shock? As I was writing this, I, I, I was just reminded of Kelly and I. Kelly and I had a little bit of a shock at the beginning of this year. You know, we weren't planning to have a baby. And all of a sudden, Kelly was at the office one day and she'd left the office and um, she was on her way home and, and, and something was going on and she stopped at the store, Walgreens, and she picked up a little test and, and she calls me and she didn't know this and, and Nancy was sitting right across the desk from me and, and Nancy and I were doing something with papers and so Miss Nancy was right across the desk from me, almost like sitting right here and Nancy still, I don't think, knows this even right now. So Kelly's on the other phone and she says, hey, by the way, Philip, um, I stopped off at Walgreens and we're having a baby. Now, Nancy's sitting right there, and I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you about it later. Um, I'm in a meeting with Miss Nancy right now, and I'm trying to be as cool as I can, but inside, I mean, the shock level is like, what? <laughs> Miss Nancy didn't even know. She said, everything all right? I said, yeah, I think so. Everything's going to be okay. We're, we're going to make it. She still, I don't even think, knows to this day. I need to remind her of that. But it was absolutely amazing. But you know what? Here's the deal. We're all adults in here. If you're not an adult, then that's why we have children's church. Put your kids in children's church. <laughs> Kelly and I always knew that it was possible for us to have a child. We always knew that. Okay? Even with the necessary precautions, there was always a possibility of us having a child. So our shock level was still high. But can you picture Mary right now? I mean, think about this. All of a sudden, you're going to have a baby. Can you imagine the shock, the awe, the what that went through Mary? Come on, that's taken the level of shock to a whole nother realm. It's a shame we couldn't read the Bible like the first time because we know what's happening next. So it doesn't make it so exciting. But you've got to see this. Can you imagine this young girl? She's going about, she's just doing her normal thing. An angel comes in, freaks her out, and then what? he tells her she's like what can you imagine all of this that she has taken in she's going to have a baby God had chosen her 
that God wanted to place something inside of her that would change this whole world. I want every one of you to hear this today. You may feel that your ability, you may feel that your experience or your education makes you an unlikely candidate for God's service. But I'm telling you today, God is looking for a faithful servant whom he can place his favor upon. God's looking for an opportunities, that, that things in your life, when God's favor comes upon your life, opportunities that you never even dreamed of are going to become possible in your life. You see, God wants to put something of life inside of you that will change the world around you. I love this scripture, Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can even ask or think according to what? The power that works inside of us. How can God do great things? With what can God do great things? With his power that wants to be alive inside of us. Listen to me, because of what's inside of us. Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're chosen of God. I want you to see something today. You're chosen of God and God has placed life inside of you. Come on, he has impregnated every one of us as his children to be a carrier of life. Come on, Paul says we have this treasure inside of us. Come on, that it's the excellence of God, not of us. He says we can be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. He said we can be perplexed, we can be crushed. He says, but we're not in despair. Why? Because greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. We've got to see this in our lives, that God wants to choose our lives. We are his choice. And he wants to place life inside of every one of us. No, don't worry. He's already had a Mary. There's already been a virgin birth. He's not looking to do that again. But he is desiring for people that will put their hands in the air and say, God, let something be so alive in me that it will impact others. I just want to share this. I don't want to stay here long, but I think you will need to see this. We, we ended the story in Luke 1 verse 38, but in 39, if you would read it on, Mary leaves after the angel departs. She goes to see her old aunt. She goes to see Elizabeth, the one that she was told was having a baby. If you missed that, we read that in the story. She's six months pregnant. Mary goes and, and, and she runs in to see her aunt and see what's going on. And look what it says in verse 41. It says, and it happened. I love that. That's a faith statement right there. Come on. And it happened. Notice when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. Stop there. We're not talking about, hey, what's up? That's not the greeting we're talking about. We're not talking about that Mary just walks in and says to Elizabeth, hey, Elizabeth, what's going on? I'm Mary. I'm here to see you. What's going on? The greeting we're talking about, and you ladies, you, you know this better than what we do. Come on, can you imagine what would be going through your mind if you just had an angel come and tell you that you're going to have a baby, it's going to be the Son of God, and Elizabeth's having a baby. She's running the whole time, and as soon as the door opens, she's going like this to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you're not going to believe Come on, she's spilling it all out. She said, Elizabeth, an angel came to me and you're not going to believe this. He said, you're pregnant and I'm pregnant. Can you believe that? And as she tells of what God has done for her, come on, as she shares her testimony, come on, every one of you have a greeting here. 
Every one of you has a testimony. And as she shared her testimony, notice what happened. The baby that's inside of Elizabeth began to jump inside of her womb. Come on, the baby began to leap, began to kick, began to move, and the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would you say this? I I think we miss this many times in the Christmas story, but I want you to see something. God's placed his favor upon you. He's chosen you and he's placed something inside of you. And as you live this world, as you go out into the world and you preach the gospel, you'll go into work tomorrow and you'll begin to share about the testimony of Alison and Earl. You begin to testify about what God's done in your life, how he's brought you through. And as you begin to share life, guess what will happen to other people? There'll be something they'll begin to feel inside of them. They may not understand it, but all of a sudden, because of the life inside of you, something begins to quicken inside of them. And they begin to look and say, what is it they've got that I haven't got? I want some of that because they've got a peace that I only have dreamed of having. They've got comfort that I have only never even experienced. What is it inside of you? Can you see how the favor and the choice of God not only impacts your life, but it touches other people around? I want when I walk into a place that there's a stirring inside of people. Come on, it's not because of me. We already recognize that because it's not me that I was the choice. It's because of God that he chose me. But God's placed something inside of us that's the hope of the world. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Come on, I can't stay here long, but you need to see that. Come on, other people's lives will never be the same again because God's favor and choice is upon you. Come on, other people's lives will never be the same. Come on, I'm God's choice. Say that with me, I'm God's choice. Look at your neighbor and say, you're God's choice. You're God's choice. You're God's choice. Point number two, are you ready? Point number two, don't limit God's choices. Don't limit God's choices. Accept it. Accept it. God can and he will use you if you trust him. Don't allow the enemy to say, well, God could never use you. Don't allow the enemy to check your profile on your Facebook page and you can see all the problems and the anguish and the pain and the suffering and everything. Don't allow the enemy to remind you of your past because when the enemy reminds you of your past, you begin to remind him of his future. Come on now. Come on, don't allow the enemy to bring up your past and say, well, how could God ever use you because you've done this and you've been that and you've done this and you haven't done that and he'll begin to parade all these things. I want to remind you today, a thief doesn't break into an empty house. I just want to remind you of that today. If the enemy's coming in to accuse you and he's coming in to say, how can you be? It's not because you can't be. It's because you can be. And he identifies something inside of you that you don't even realize, but he sees the favor of God that's upon your life. He sees the hand of God upon your life. And that needs to be an example to you that God can still use you. Come on, hashtag good preaching. I'm just going to give it to myself. If you're not going to give it. Come on. This is the truth of God today. Look at the last part of verse 28 again. The angel says, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. What a promise. God says, I'm with you. See all this I'm asking you to do? God says, I'm with you through it. I'm with you through it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're going to have to go through a fire, but I'm going to be there with you. 
Daniel, you're going to have to go through a lion's den, but I'm going to be there with you. Come on, some of you may go through struggles financially in your life. God says, I'm going to be there with you. Come on, you may lose a loved one. That's tough to do. God says, I'm going to be there with you. Your spouse may walk out on you. God says, I'm going to be there with you. You may be struggling with addictions and think I can never break this. Listen, God says, I'm there with you. I'll be there with you. I'll help you. I love Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. The last part, it says this, I will never leave you, God says. I will never forsake you. Man, I love that today. Aren't you glad that God doesn't walk out on us? Come on, when we're not doing the best and we're not his best, come on, we're still favored of God and God still wants to bless us and help us and challenge us and change us. And he says, so we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? God is with me. When fear comes, come on, hope rises. Come on, when fear and doubt comes, hope rises rises. I'll never leave you. I love the next verse of Luke 1 verse 29 from the New Living Translation. Mary says these words. She says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. You're going to have a child. You're favored. You're going to have... Mary's trying to figure out all of this. She's confused. She's disturbed. She can't figure it all out. In other words, she doesn't understand it all. I'm telling you right now, perhaps we never will. In our lives, I don't understand it all. But as I live for God and I see it, God begins to reveal why as I move forward and trust. My answers are never in that circumstance. My answers are found in my future. Come on now. I can be in a rough time right now. And if I wait for the answers, I'm never going to find them. But as I trust God and move on and keep believing God, guess what? I find the answers to my problems in my future. I find my answers in God. Come on, you and I are faced with a choice. And here's the choice. It's not whether we understand it all because we don't. But the choice is this. Are we going to either believe God or not? That's our choice today. Mary had to choose to either believe God or not. And she made a choice that day. I believe God. I'm not limiting God of a choice because he wants to use me. And I want to be yielded and available. And then the angel says such a lovely thing to her. He says, fear not. And he reminds her once again, God's favor is upon you. Here's the third point I want us to see today in this story. And that is this. God's favor doesn't automatically bring instant success or fame. God's favor doesn't automatically bring instant success or fame. Look at the story of David. He's anointed king. He doesn't find himself in a palace straight away. He finds himself still taking care of some stinking sheep. But as he's faithful in that, God leads him towards... What am I trying to say is, I'm trying to say that we could throw our hands in the air and say, oh, 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 I want the favor, I want the blessing of God. Wow, that's a get out of jail free card and I'll never have to struggle. I'll never have any more problems. I'll never have to go through heartache. I'm never going to have a sleepless night again. I'm never going to have a bill that I don't have the money to pay. Wow, isn't life great? Isn't life awesome? That's a fairy tale. That's not reality. And just because you're favored doesn't mean that you're exempt from problems. But let me remind you of this. He that began a good work inside of you, his promises, he'll be faithful. 
He'll be faithful to complete it. Look what the angel says to Mary in verse 31 through 33. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and you'll bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. That means the Lord is salvation. Comes from the root word of Joshua, 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 which Joshua was the one that led the children of Israel into the promised land. Jesus was the greater Joshua that was going to lead us into the promise that God has for every one of us. And he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. It would have been so easy for Mary to hear all those things and say, man, awesome, awesome, awesome. Sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. But what we see from the life of Mary is a lot of pain and anguish. Because of the decision she made to accept the call, her family, her peers, those around her ridiculed her. I don't want to go into into great depth, but being pregnant at that time while you were unmarried was such a sin that the penalty was that of death. They could have easily killed her. At at least they would have excommunicated her and her family would have completely cut her off and no one would have been there to take care of her and look after her. So she could have been killed for what she's done. But thank God Joseph had a dream. Thank God God appeared to Joseph and the angel told Joseph, don't be afraid and confirmed Mary's story to him. Think about how Joseph must have felt about Mary. He loved her because he wanted to be with her. But the one day she said, Joseph, I've got to tell you something and you need to sit down because you really need to hear this. An angel came to me. Mary, have you been out in the sun too long? No, Joseph, Joseph, listen. An angel came to me. Yeah, whatever. No, seriously, listen. An angel came to me. And he said to me, I'm going to have a son. What, Mary, who have you been with? What have you done? You're cheating on me? You're messing around? What's the deal? Joseph, just please, please listen. I need you to understand. It's not by man, it's by God. And God wants to choo- has chosen to use me. Can you see Joseph? Joseph left that room, I'm sure, and stamped out and said, Mary, I'm done. I have all the people in this world, I never thought you would do that to me. But the angel comes to Joseph and confirms Mary's st- story and says to Joseph, hold on a second. She's going to have a son and it's going to be the son of God. And spells it out really of the place and the position that Joseph needs to take in that. The Bible tells us from the story we read, Joseph was ready to leave her. He was going to put her away secretly. Why? Because he was an honorable man. He was a just man. He didn't want to make a public spectacle of Mary. Even when he felt that he had been betrayed and cheated, thank God he was still an honorable man. God, give us honorable people that will do what's right, even we have the opportunity to maybe to respond in a wrong way. Give us men that will stand up. And even when we have reason to, realize it doesn't mean we have to. But he discovered something that day and he took her to be his wife. So that was a painful time for Mary. She felt rejected. She thought, at least Joseph's going to understand. And he didn't. But then God came to him and he he took her and he embraced her. And he said, I'm going to protect you. Together we're going to make it through this. But then circumstance after circumstance, as Jesus began to grow and the pain and rejections and things that Mary still had to go through. But nothing was like the pain and rejection she would feel as she watched her son rejected 
and crucified. Can you see Mary that day? But it wasn't supposed to be like this. He was supposed to be the Savior. God, if I'd have known this, I don't know if I would have signed up. You can say, well, Mary didn't say that. We do. God, if I knew it was going to be as hard as this, if I knew that, God, you were going to let me, if I knew, come on, we've all been there. Don't look at me all super holy. You know you have. You've said, God, where are you? I need you right now. God, I thought if I give my life to you, there would be no more problems. I would be pain-free for the rest of my life. But I'm suffering and there's issues and there's problems in my life. Come on, having the grace and favor of God upon your life does not always mean instant blessing doesn't mean always instant joy and fame and success. But through every test and through every trial of her life, Mary's son brought hope to the world. We heard it from Kayla today. Every test and trial that we can go through in our lives can bring hope to someone else's life. Come on, we have a testimony. What is a testimony? A test that God has brought us through. That we can have a testimony. That we can share and say, I know you test, but guess what? I've got a testimony that God brought me through. And that's why today that Mary has been so praised from countless generations, wrongly praised in many circles. Because we see she was just an ordinary woman that the favor of God came upon. The favor that God wants to place upon every one of us today. Listen to this, a statement. Mary's submission, her submission was part of God's plan to bring about our salvation. The suffering that she had to go through and the anguish and the pain was part of the plan of God to bring about the salvation of the world. We used to play a game years ago. It was called Mercy. Anyone ever played Mercy where you'd lock hands with people? And the job was you had to make someone to submit to make them say mercy. You had to bend their hands when you said go. and you had, you, There was no rules really. You could do anything you want to try and break those people's almost fingers, you know, to make them say mercy. And you tried to bring someone into submission. And then you would say, huh, I got you now. You know, sometimes God has to bring us to a place of submission. Not so he's saying, really, I've got you now in the fact of saying, huh, I'll beat you and I'm over you. But for him to say, see now, maybe you'll fully trust me with your life. Maybe you'll realize, because if David hadn't have been in a wilderness, he wouldn't have never made it on a palace. He would have never made it on the throne. Count it all joy, Paul says, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, it prepares you for something in your life. That we can see through it all. Think about how that can parallel into our lives. The impact of seeing that Mary was chosen. She was the choice of God. But yet what she went through in her life. We could look at and say but why, but why, but why. You see God's choice is not always about me. And God's choice is not always about you. God's choice is not always about this church. But God's choice is always about him. It's always about lifting him up. You know, we're called to be the sign that directs someone in the right direction towards God. But if we don't watch, our sign can be moved and that sign can become a stumbling block and a hindrance to people around us. You see, in our choice and in the favor of God being put upon our lives, we can live out of favor. 
We can do things that are not honorable before God. I remember a conversation I had with a guy called Bruce once, a very insightful conversation because this guy called me up. I was shocked when he called me because we had prayed for him for literally a couple of years. Nearly every Sunday, his wife would put out a prayer request or if we ever asked if there's any prayer request, she said, please pray for my husband. He's not saved. His name is Bruce. I want him in church. So when he called me one day, I was looking forward to the conversation because he said to me, I want to tell you today why I'm not in church. I'm like, praise God, give it to me so we can fix this. He said, I'm not in church because of my wife. I'm like, what? You're talking about the same woman that's here crying every Sunday, putting in prayer requests and asking. He said, yeah, I'm talking about the same one. He said, because the deal is this, the way she acts in church. It's not the way she lives outside of church. Why would I say that today? Why would I bring that out today in this message? Because being God's choice doesn't automatically mean we get it all right and we are all right. There's still things that we need to work on because being God's choice, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. But how we conduct our lives daily is so vitally important. When the trials and the tribulations come, what are we doing? Are our hands in the air saying, God, I still trust you? Come on, when circumstances hit us and it's not what we want in our lives, come on, how are we? Because I'm telling you right now, his fame and success doesn't always come immediately, instantly. What did Mary say in verse 38 of Luke 1? Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it to be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Here's our fourth point today. You ready? Almost done. God will never force us beyond our will. God will never force us beyond our will. Verse 38 from the New Living Translation says, And Mary responded and said, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to accept whatever he wants. And may everything you have said come true. You've got to realize that took something to say that. Her whole life was rocked. Her whole life was shaken that one day. And Mary looked at that angel square in the eyes. And she didn't say, could you give me like seven days and come back? Can you let me sleep on this? Can you let me talk to a friend? You know, like, what's it? Who wants to be a millionaire? Can I just poll the crowd a little bit? Can, we, can I call a friend? Can I have a helpline? Can I have something right here? She didn't understand it all. The magnitude of it was so great and so incredible. But Mary said this, I'm your servant, God. I haven't figured it out and I don't understand it all, but may everything you have said, may it be true in me. May it come to pass. She accepted the call. You see, just because you're favored and chosen doesn't mean that you accept the call. Mary accepted the call. She knew, all she knew that day was God was asking her to serve him. Everything else was beyond her. But she said, I'm going to be obedient to accept that call. I wonder today if we'll do the same thing. Will we serve God wholeheartedly? Will you accept him, his call upon your life? And again, there isn't time today, but in the Bible, read it, 1 Samuel chapter 3, that here's a little boy, Samuel, who was put in the temple, and one day God comes to call him, and God calls Samuel and says, Samuel, Samuel. A little boy runs to Eli, the prophet, at that time, the mouthpiece of God, and says, Eli, what do you want? Eli said, I didn't call you. And Samuel said, yes, you did. Three times God called, and Samuel went to Eli every time. But notice this. Eli finally realized who it was. It was God. 
And God said to Samuel, next time you hear that voice, here's what you say. Speak, because your servant, one who is willing to listen, wants to hear what you would say. And read it for yourself, because the Bible says these words, paraphrased, but it says something like this. And God called as other times before, but he came and stood. You see, the times before when Samuel wasn't ready to be a servant to hear, God called from a distance. Samuel, Samuel. But when Samuel was ready to say, God, I'm your willing servant, the Bible said God called as other times, but this time it says he came and stood. His presence was right there beside Samuel. And God didn't just call Samuel. God gave him instructions And he became one of the greatest prophets that's ever lived for God. What are you saying? God is calling every one of you. Matthew 22 and verse 14 says, Many are called, but few have chosen. What does that mean? Many have been called. Everyone has been called. God has called everyone. But only a few are ever willing to say, God, speak, your servant here. And able to receive the instruction and to be the carrier of life that God wants. Last point today, point number five. Don't wait to see the bottom line before offering your life to God. Mary could have said, well, can you give me something? Can you give me a sign? Can you give me... Yeah, God's with you. Okay, but can you give me more than that? Can you see Abraham when God says, get out of your country? Abraham could have said, well, where do I go? God says, just get out. And then I'll show you. Can you see Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? God may not deliver us, but what? Hey, you're going to have to go in the fiery furnace. God, you can't show up. Why? I often thought about this. Why couldn't God show up before they were put in the fiery furnace? He had to wait. You see, God gives us enough to make that step. And then we have to trust him the rest of the way. We've got to trust him with our lives. Don't wait till we see everything unfold before we fully give our lives to God. Yes, there's going to be disappointments. Yes, there's going to be hardship. Yes, there's going to be pain. But Philippians 1 verse 6 says that we can be confident of this very thing. That he that began a good work, he will be faithful to complete it until. God's not given up on us. He's going to complete it until the day of Jesus. Look at this statement. We may not always see it. We may not always feel it, but we've always got to believe it. The angel told Mary, what? For with God, nothing is impossible. But I don't see it. You've got to believe it. I don't know it. I don't understand it. You've got to trust it. You've got to trust God. You've got to completely throw your life and future upon him. That's an exciting, thrilling life. And people think the Christian life is boring. Let me remind you today, the Christian life is the greatest life there ever is to live. And if you're living a boring Christian life, it's because you're not living in the fullness of a Christian life. And you know what will stop you from living in the fullness? Being unwilling to submit to God. Being afraid to give your life to God. Sin, sin will stop you from living life to the fullest. And there can also be testings that you have to go through in your life, a season through your life. I want to tell you today, you're favoured and chosen. You're favoured and chosen. That's what the angel told her and that's God wants you to hear today. God needs every one of you to accept the call so the gospel, the good news can still go out. He wants to use you. It's not always easy, but he promises companionship for the way. There has to be a chosen, willing vessel for him to use.
just like Mary, here I am. Will we be the same today? Would you stand to your feet with me? Precious Jesus. Favoured and chosen. I want to give two appeals today. Here's the first one. I want to ask for those of you that would say today, you know what? I've never given my life to God. I've never chosen to live for God. I've never given my life. I've never surrendered my life to God. But today I realize that God has chosen me. I haven't got it all together. and I'm not perfect. But I realize today from Pastor Philip's message that we don't have to be in that position to receive from God. All we've got to be is willing and yielded to God. I don't have it all together. And you never will. That's why you need God. Come on, let me say that one more time. You'll never have it all together. That's why you need God. That's what you need God. That's why you need God. So we're going to pray for you today. And then I'm going to pray for a second group of people. And that's those that would say, above anything else, I, I want to be so favoured and chosen of God that wherever I go, I'm carrying life inside of me. That people, that their problems would begin to leap inside of them in circumstances because they would sense something inside of me. That they would sense a hope to the world. I want to pray for you. But first and foremost, who is there that would lift up their hand and say, Pastor, I'm not saved. If I was to die today, I worry. I don't know if I would make it. I want to know today. Come on, I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here today that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Christ. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Precious Jesus. You know, if there's no one saved here, we've got to do our part to bring in the lost. Come on. We've got to be telling people, come on, we need to see people saved in this house every Sunday. Come on, if people are not being saved in this house every Sunday, then we're not sharing the good news with people. Come on. Come on, we need to be challenged with that. We need to be challenged with that. How many would respond to the second one and say, I want to be so favoured of God. I, I want to be the chosen of God. I want to be what He... I want to carry life. I want to pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone all over this place right now. God, I pray, God, as your favor comes upon us, just like you chose Mary. It wasn't because she was special, but it was because of your grace and mercy. God, we're maybe not special today, but we're special to you. God, your grace and mercy wants to use us and change us and transform us. And God, we want to be a part of that. We want to be part of that. And God, we pray that everywhere we go, that we would carry the truth. That God, people around us would sense something. That even this week, someone would say, what is it about you? Because you've got something that I want. That I, I, I just don't have what you have. What is it? And we'll be able to share it's Jesus. We'll be able to share the Christ of Christmas. We'll be able to say it was because joy to the world, a Savior has come. And that Savior has come for you, that there's life for you. Come on, I want to be God's chosen. Come on, just lift your hands all over this place. Come on. Come on, send your and Sam are just singing right now. Come on, just worship Jesus. Come on, you just worship Him. Come on, I want to be your choice, God. I want to be your vessel, God. God, I want to be God. Come on, Jesus, I want to be used of you. God, I'm not perfect and I don't get it all right. But God, your favor, God, your choice is still upon me, God. And you want to use me. You want to change my heart, God. You want to change my life. You want to help me to be everything you've got, God, that you need, God, to use, God. I thank you, God.
like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.